And welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast number four, What Parents Should Expect from Swimming Lessons. My name is Jeff, and we'll get started right now. We're going to look at what parents can expect to see at their swim lessons for their children on the first day uh, going forward, and how often you should go or bring your child to swim lessons. Uh, This information is good for parents that are starting swim lessons with their children who have gone through a swim lesson program or perhaps looking for a new one. And this podcast will be beneficial for program instructors, program managers that will be able to tell, uh, learn what you are doing uh, facing towards the public, what it looks like to parents and what you should be doing to uh, give a excellent swim lesson experience. We're going to start with uh, the three things that parents should expect in a swim lesson program. Number one, how to swim. Their child should learn how to swim. Depending on the program, we're going to look at what actual skills are being taught. Uh, Is there front crawl or freestyle, backstroke, breaststroke, butterfly? Is the program teaching turns? Are they teaching swimming terminology? Or is this more just someone in their backyard teaching your child how to do front crawl uh, and with breathing? And then how are they doing that? Are they certified by a certain type of program? Um, But primarily, the parent is going to expect to have their child learn how to swim. And there's many different ways of going about doing that, and we'll discuss that. Uh, at another time. Uh, Secondly, the parents are expecting a positive experience, and you should expect a positive experience for your child. Uh, We do not want to have children in our swim programs that are being negatively affected by it. We don't want to be tossing them in the water and having them sink or swim. We want to create a trusting and caring environment, some place that they're going to have fun and create good associations with swimming. And thirdly, parents and program directors should expect safety as a priority. Uh, This manifests in having a lifeguard on duty, an an attentive lifeguard on duty. Uh, What is the swimmer to instructor ratio? How many kids in the water are with one instructor? Um, I generally recommend that there's more than five, then you should flee go away. Do not be in that program if you are just starting how to swim. Uh, We do not want to have more than five kids in the pool uh, with one instructor, regardless of if there's people on deck. Uh, It's not a safe environment. Things can happen quickly and rapidly, Uh, and especially for beginners. Uh, This is, and I'm talking about beginners here, if you have a more advanced group of swimmers, uh, children that can swim on their own, that can, that know the skill of going to the bottom, jumping, bobbing for safety, jumping off the bottom for the surface and doing that repeatedly, getting themselves to the side. Uh, that's a different story. Then we can increase that ratio, typically recommended by USA Swimming for Swim Teams as 1 to 10, uh, maxing out at, 50, at 20 per instructor or coach. But really, we try to operate on a 1 to 5 for lessons and a 1 to 10 for practice groups. Uh, So making sure that you are in a safe environment with a swim instructor ratio 
uh, lower. The lower, the better. Uh, one to two, ideal. One to three, that works. One to five, that's that's about the limit there. And the, and and don't go beyond that if you're in a swim lesson program. Uh, so uh, also regarded to safety. Uh, as a priority for your swim program, what the parents should expect and what the lesson coordinators or the lesson directors should expect of their program. Uh, are parents allowed on the deck or are they allowed to see the swim lessons? Uh, it's a good idea to have an extra pair of eyes and we recommend that the parents be separated from the actual classes but was still able to see the classes happening. Uh, they should have a good, clear line of sight. They will be watching their own children for the most part, and that is a good thing. We want them to be able to be watching their children swim. It's an extra pair of eyes, and it is encouraging to see your child swimming. We want to be able to watch them in the water, especially as it's a potentially unsafe area in the water. Um, if they fall off and don't come up, then there's a very real danger there. So why we have lifeguards, why the instructor ratios are low, and why the parents should be able to see their children if they're not allowed immediately next to the lesson. Uh, and lastly, regarding safety for your lesson program, for a lesson program, is there a manager or an aide on deck that is providing assistance to the instructors? Um, this way, they can take children to the bathroom, they can get goggles, they can get toys, they can talk to the parents. Is there someone on deck that's not directly teaching a lesson, but is actually actively involved with the lessons as a whole? We don't want the lifeguards to be distracted by going taking kids to the bathroom or bringing toys for the class because the instructors forgot to set up their class time. Uh, their class environment. So making sure that there's someone around to observe, to take care of, to provide all those extra things that kids may need in their classes. Okay, let's move on to the expectations for the first day in a swim lesson. What are you as a parent going to see in that first lesson? What should you expect to see on day one? And this will vary in program to program, but generally the process is going to be the same. Uh, there will be a uh, introduction to the teacher. We'll organize the swimmers into groups with their teacher. Ideally, you want to have the same teacher each class. Uh, this way they can learn the expectations of what's going to happen and have a trusting environment. Uh, which will be a future podcast on establishing trust with your swimmers and how to do that. And that's a very important key skill to have in a program. And as a parent, you may be able to see right from what we're going to go through right now how uh, to tell if your program has a trusting environment and why that's important. Uh, so uh, on day one, there will be an introduction to the teacher. Uh, so the child will know who their teacher is, and then they'll go to a specific place in the pool. Uh, where will they be located? Most of the time, it's always in the same place based on their ability level. So most programs will have a specific place in the pool for their beginning classes. Generally, this is in the shallowest end or in the shallowest portion of the pool and the more advanced classes going deeper in the water or using a lane 
uh, for lap swimming. So depending on their ability, they'll go to a specific place with their instructor. Uh, and this should be pretty consistent day to day. If they've already been in a program, they the program itself should have a record of who that person is and what level or what ability area they are in. And this way we can establish a rapport with the family, make sure that we are tracking our progress of our participants and that we know who they are. Uh, having an idea of who this person is that's been in our program and we're familiar with their ability. So we should recognize them and automatically put them in the group that's most appropriate to them. Uh, so the first day. Now, on the first day, there's generally two types of programs. Uh, ones that group based on ability on the first day and programs that group in advance. So you would sign up prior to the lesson in a, in a level, in a class period. And there are benefits of both. Uh, scheduling, it's much easier to do sign up by level beforehand. On the flip side of that, you're trusting the parents, and no offense parents, you're trusting the parents to know what level their child is. And that's not always accurate. And then we have to make changes and schedule changes, or they may not be able to attend that time. Uh, so you can do it that way as a lesson program director, uh, or you can split them up, have a max number of people based on your instructors, and split them up on day one into their appropriate level groups or adjusted level groups. So uh, people of like ability will be in the same group and maintain a small ratio. And that's something that you can do in a lower, um, in a more fine-tuning way, um, and we can actually do a podcast about that in the future, how to separate your swimmers into different level groups. And if there's any interest in that, please send me an email, jswim at swimminglessonsideas.com. That's J-S-W-I-M at swimminglessonsideas.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Okay, returning back to on day one, what to expect from the program. First, we're going to in, have an introduction to the teacher. Secondly, there will be an assessment of the child's ability, uh, typically in their first in, in their uh, location of the pool where they're at. And then the instructor is going to ask them to do progressively more difficult tasks. So, for example, general this is the general flow of any first lesson. The first question is going to be, "Can you go underwater?" If you can go underwater, fantastic, we'll move on. If not, can you put your nose in the water? Can you put your eyes in the water? Can you put your mouth in the water? What can you do? And then we can move and progress up from there. If they can, can you put your whole head underwater? Generally, if that's possible, we'll then ask, can you do a front glide Can you or a front float? Do you need support? Do you Are you able to do it alone? Um, after that, can you do a back glide or a back float with or without support? Can you Do you know how to do front crawl arms? Can you show me? What do they look like? Can you do it alone? Can you swim with help? Do you know back crawl arms? Can you do that alone? Can you do that with support? Do you know how to breathe on front crawl? Can you take a breath after doing three strokes? Can you continue swimming after that breath? How far can you go? How many breaths can you take? What's the distance on that? Uh, what about breaststroke kick? Do you know what breaststroke kick is? Are you familiar with the general motion of it? 
do you know all the legal actual uh, motion of breaststroke that in competitive swimming is considered legal um, having it a correct kick which is a difficult learned skill uh, do you know butterfly kick can you move your hips are you throwing your head around do you know the breaststroke arms the legal arms is there any pulling motion going instead of the required sweeping out and sweeping in motions do you know how to do the breaststroke pull out do you know how to swim breaststroke do you know how to swim butterfly and we're just going to keep going up the list of more progressively difficult skills and typically if we have kind of three general criteria that we look into when we're breaking up swimmers into groups and generally this is the most accurate way of doing it. it's the simplest way of doing it and if you look at your lesson program it's typically designed around these three items number one do you go underwater if you don't that's the first thing we have to focus on and then they're going to get their own group number two can they swim freestyle by themselves or front crawl now there's different variations of this but we can easily gauge just by asking that question where a child is in the program or in a program if they can put their face in the water move their arms but they don't know how to breathe then they're on the lower end if they can put their face in the water move their arms they can take a breath but it's a sloppy breath they lift their head up or they doggy paddle when they breathe and then they put it back down and continue swimming they're in a different group then if they can take a breath swim it's a good turn to the head head to the side half the face in the water breath and then continue swimming smoothly then they're going to be on the highest end of our groups and that's number two and number three can they do backstroke of the same way so just by looking at going underwater swimming freestyle and swimming backstroke we can generally place them in the most accurate group because they're all kind of connected and if you can do freestyle or front crawl uh, or in backstroke then generally you can do breaststroke generally you can do butterfly as well uh, really we're just looking at body line and position and is the swimmer capable of putting their face in the water maintaining a rigid straight spine and body posture and then moving their limbs in specific ways and those specific ways are very learnable they're very classically conditioned learn uh, repetition 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 but they're all predicated they're all based on is the spine is the posture straight is the posture is the body balance the body line there is there are they maintaining a good soldier position their back straight chin into their spine uh, legs and arms relatively straight as well if that's happening then we can accurately assess their ability okay and then after or through that progression of skill assessment um, on the first day the instructor will establish trust and like I said earlier there will be an, an episode in the future about establishing trust with participants basically uh, we're gonna look at these items uh, the instructor should engage the child in simple tasks giving actual physical support so what do I mean by that can the first activity that someone might do in the water is hold the child's hand as they enter the water 
or grab them by their chest, uh, grasping them and lifting them up and placing them on a bench or a platform or in the water someplace safe. Uh, Do they hold the hand of the child? Uh, Do they actually physically reassure them, put a hand on their shoulder, on their back, say, I'm here to help you? Um, So that initial holding the hand to get in the water, that's the first step. Second step of uh, giving simple tasks. Can you put your face in the water? No? Okay, well, how about just your chin? And then doing it as an instructor and asking the participant to do the same. And if they do, providing praise. Uh, And then demonstrating with other students. So if you have a hesitant swimmer, we can establish trust by engaging in the simple task with physical support of a front glide. So we can take a child and put their hands on our shoulders, lift their body up to the surface of the water so they're horizontal, and walk backwards in the water. And we're holding them the whole time. They're holding on to us, but we're showing them that they can move around in the water with our physical support in this relatively simple freestyle front crawl glide float activity. Um, And and just by showing them that they're going to do this activity with the instructor and return to their starting location safe and without going underwater if that's a fear, uh, then that trust will be there because they will know what to expect and they will know that they're going to be able to uh, stay safe, stay above water if that's their fear. And we're always going to ask and push that, but we're not going to force it unless we have that conversation with the parents. So engaging the child in simple tasks, providing actual physical support to that child. Uh, Also, demonstrating competence in the skills we're asking them to do. So as an instructor, they should be showing and telling at the same time. We're going to go underwater, then the instructor goes underwater. We're going to do a front glide, here's what it looks like. We're going to do a back glide, this is what it should look like. So actually demonstrating that the instructor knows what they're talking about by performing the asked skill. Uh, Just by showing them, just by doing it, the instructor will establish trust in the child because the child will be able to see that, oh, they're doing it, I can do that too. And then we're going to ask, or the instructors are going to ask incrementally more difficult tasks while maintaining consistent physical and verbal support through directions and holding the child above water. So we're going to push the envelope. We're going to push the child to doing something more difficult, but we're going to hold them and we're going to give them verbal support. You're doing a great job. You don't have to go underwater. We're not going to drop you in the deep end and let you sink to the bottom and not help you back. So when we do our front glides with support, the child is holding our hands, their arms are straight, we're holding them up, you know, maybe by we're supporting their hips or their legs and in a horizontal position, and we're going to, their faces are right next to each other, and we're going to say, hey, can you put your chin in the water? Okay, what about your mouth? And we're still going to hold the child at the surface. Okay, can you put your eyes in the water? All right, this time can you do it by yourself and let go of the child but have them maintaining a hold on you so they can still hold on to you 
and you can walk backwards and they can attempt it on their own. So we want to kind of gradually build up to progressively more difficult things. And if we do that in a way that's slow and deliberate and, if, and uh, with precision, then the, the participants will trust the instructor to, um, to do more difficult things and do things on their own. So what we're looking at is on the first day, the teacher will be introduced, location will be provided, they'll assess the ability of the instructor, uh, the, of the um, participant, they'll assess the ability of the swimmer, they'll ask them a progressively more difficult tasks, they'll establish trust with the instructor, uh, with the, the, instru the instructor will establish trust with the child, and then they'll move on in their lessons. And during the swim lessons, just remember that each activity is meeting an objective of a lesson plan. So uh, let's talk about what you're going to see during the course of the lessons. Uh, I think I'm jumping the gun here a little bit, but let's look now towards what a parent can expect from a program. So what they can expect by enrolling their child into a swim lesson program. What what are the objectives of the program? How are they being met? And then what does it look like from outside? What can I expect as a parent for my child to do? And we talked about this earlier, uh, that there should be three things that the parent should expect from a program. Number one is my child should learn how to swim. So how do they go about doing that, and how quickly is that going to happen? What's the time frame here? How many lessons do I need to get my child to swim? And unfortunately, that's not an easy answer, uh, but we'll look into that right now. When we look at swim lessons, we want to think about swimming like we think about foreign languages. They take time, and they take practice. And to improve your swimming, you need to practice swimming. So the more time that you spend in the water or your child spends in the water or a child spends in the water, the better and faster they're going to progress. Now, as a parent, what we're going to think about is your schedule. Can you get your child to swimming more than once a week? If you can, then the recommendation is you absolutely should. If you have a busy schedule and they're involved in different activities, different sports, and your objective is over the long term wanting to get them to learn how to swim, then once a week is going to be adequate. It's a cost-effective solution. Most programs offer once a week, and that's the most appropriate thing for most people. If you have a little bit more aggressive learning uh, goal, if you want them to learn how to swim within three months or six months, or have a specific uh, objective, getting on the swim team, your child is going to need to swim more often. Now, as a lesson program or a director, you're going to want to provide both options for your participants. Can they sign up for more than one class? Uh, are your classes designed to accommodate for swimmers to be in more than one lesson each week? Or do you offer lessons that are designed for more than one time each week? Uh, so we have traditional swim lessons in our program. We also have uh, a three-day-a-week option. Uh, so there are different 
types of engagement that we can do uh, from both sides. And we can go into that more in the future. Again, if you have suggestions on this uh, that you'd like to hear me talk about, please send me an email, jswim at swimminglessonsideas.com. That's J-S-W-I-M at swimminglessonsideas.com. That's swim, jswim at swimminglessonsideas.com. Swimming takes time. It takes practice. Uh, the more often you can be there, the better. Uh, remember that swimming is a completely different environment than anything your child will have been exposed to. Swimming is in the water. It reduces your body rate weight by about 80%, and it is more difficult to move through the water, and it's dangerous. Uh, you can potentially die from swimming uh, if you don't know how and you drowned. And that's a very real risk. Uh, so, and, and likely most of the motivation for most parents is to learn how to swim so they are safe around a pool or in water. And because of that, we tend not to swim very often because, uh, well, getting wet, getting cold, and, and it's potentially dangerous. So it's fun. It's a great activity. It's excellent for your aerobic conditioning, uh, but you need to learn how to do it. So spend time in the water because it's not like walking around. It's not like playing basketball or soccer where most children already know how to run. Uh, this is completely starting over at the beginning teaching. It's just like a foreign language. So one day a week of swim lessons is not generally sufficient for rapid learning. Uh, it can be effective for a long main, uh, a long-term maintaining of ability or skills, uh, but you will see a gradual improvement uh, with bursts of growth. Typically, those are associated with um, physical growth and just maturity. So, as chi- children uh, grow, they have better control over their limbs and their bodies and their macro and micro motions. And they are more capable mentally of conceptualizing, oh, I saw this happen, This here's how I can do it, and thinking about moving their body in a specific way without distraction of, oh, this is fun. So uh, any, any improvements we see from one-a-day one weeks are typically related to that uh, unless uh, they've had lessons before in the past and we're just reiterating or refreshing them on their abilities so once a day are effective over the long term if you have a specific goal if you want to achieve a a certain objective if you want to make a swim team uh, qualify for it if you want to learn how to swim freestyle if you want to learn how to swim backstroke or breaststroke then you'll need to go to practice you're going to to go to swim uh, lessons between two and four times a week and the more the better so if you can go four times a week ideal. If your schedule or your program doesn't allow for that, somewhere two or three times a week is effective as well. And this is important because, like I said earlier, it's a completely different type of activity. It's in the water, so it's different than anything else that they will ever do or your swimmers will ever do um, in the water. So uh, make sure that you're there more often. It's It requires a lot of intense and consistent practice and if you're going three four times a week the learning will increase rapidly and then you can drop down to once a week um, and this is effective if you've seen the images for the forgetting curve or the learned retention 
uh, and I'll have images of this in the show notes that will very accurately describe this. Basically, uh, if you learn a skill, you immediately forget about 80% of it. And if you revisit it, your retention jumps up back to 80-90%. And then you forget more. And then you revisit that skill, you your retention jumps up. So over time, it, it looks kind of like a sine curve with lots of high peaks and low valleys. And you learn something, and then you forget about it. And then you do it again, and you oh, you're right back at competency again. And the more you revisit it, and the more often you revisit it, the, the, the lower the amount of time in between each practice attempt, the higher your retention goes, and the lower your forgetting goes. So you will retain more and be better at it the more often you revisit something, the closer together you revisit it. So if you're going to practice once a week, your child is forgetting about 80% of everything they did during the week they're not at swimming, and while they go back, oh, you know, they're, they're good for that day, but they've only made an incremental increase. They're only slightly better than they were last time. Now, if they're going four days a week, every other day, or three days in a row, they're immediately getting practice on that skill again, and their improvement will be more rapid upwards. They'll, they'll learn more quickly. Uh, so this will be in the show notes. I'll have some information about that also in the future. Uh, but... Let me know what you like about this podcast. Well, let me know what you want to see more of or what you don't like. I'm trying uh, a few different things right here uh, to see what you want to hear about. Uh, if you want to hear about uh, things from a lesson director or program perspective, or if you want to hear about swimming lessons as a parent's perspective or a swim instructor's perspective, uh, we can go into that in detail. Uh, I have a lot of experience with this and a lot of insight so that I'm happy to, excited to share with you about. Uh, So let me know. Uh, Feel free to send me an email, jswim at swimminglessonsideas.com. And uh, check out our uh, games and lessons posts on swimminglessonsideas.com. Uh, And if you have lesson plans that you want to establish, if you need lesson plans to help establish trust with your swimmers, uh, we offer those at swimminglessonsideas.com. In our premium lesson plans, we have designed those plans to teach your instructors how to establish trust with each skill and activity. Um, It also goes through each of the necessary skills for a swimming program and how to logically and effectively start from the beginning going underwater and move up through swimming freestyle backstroke breaststroke butterfly so again please feel free to let me know what you think about the podcast send me an email jswim at swimminglessonsideas.com and thank you very much